This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You had to know that when Wingstop set out to make a crispy, juicy chicken sandwich, they wouldn't make it in just one flavor. They'd make it in all 12. Like lemon pepper, mango habanero, hickory smoked barbecue, and OG hot. So why have one new favorite chicken sandwich when you can have 12? Try the new sauced and tossed Wingstop chicken sandwich today for only $5.49 at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Valid for a limited time and available at participating Wingstop locations only while supplies last. Price subject to applicable taxes and fees. Hello, this is Hey Dude Shoes. This is an ad, but not for your ears, for your feet. Are they listening? Good. Hey Dude Shoes are the squishiest, airiest, lightest go-to shoes you'll ever have the pleasure of introducing your toes to. So light, a butterfly could steal them. So soft, kittens seethe with jealousy. So cushy, your hands will curse your feet for all the love and attention. Toes, you've hit the jackpot of comfy. Hey Dude. Good to go to. Welcome to College Talk Full Time. I'm Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Emilio Donnell, Craig Coleman, and Joe Tivey from Craven Cottage. This is our initial reaction to Foam's 2-1 to loss to Bristol City. There was a controversial moment in that match. We'll get to that in a second, but I just want to go right to my co-host to get their opening view of this loss for Foam. First, Emilio, I'll go to you. Just give me your initial reaction here. Hi, Russ. Um, yeah, to be honest, I think the match will be... I think the post-match reflection is... Was that a penalty or not? I'm sure we'll talk about that in a moment. But overall, I thought we were lacklustre for most of the game. Um, a time shapeless. Um, we didn't deserve anything from the game. I, I just came away very, very disappointed. We started slow again first half. We had that knockout yep. moment early on. But other than that, you know, Bristol City, I thought, were comfortable throughout the game. We we struggled to break them down. They defended very well. And overall, they deserved the three points. So, But I think there's a lot that we need to analyse, in my opinion, as to why we, we're so lacklustre creating very little and offering no threat up front. It was, it was, it was a poor performance. But okay. The, all the controversy at the end may, may paper over those cracks. Okay, and we're definitely going to talk about that in just a bit. Joe, over to you. Do you agree with Emilio's analysis or do you have a different view? 
I, I agree with Emilio. Um, overall, we didn't uh, didn't deserve it. And we were uh, to even get a point, um, especially first half. I think um, Bristol City, uh, their tactics were spot on. Um, I think we were. I, th- I think we were out fought tactically. I think the man, uh, you know, um, Bristol City manager um, beat Scott Parker today on tactics. Totally agree. Uh, f- first half, you could see that they they flooded the midfield. And uh, that, that, that's the reason why we create hardly anything apart from the knockout chance. Um, and they always had, the, they always first the second ball, yep. especially first half. Second half, mm. they um, sat back a bit, uh, invited us to press um, and uh, test their defence, but they were generally resolute and, um, and they deserved the three points. Okay. I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I, I would say that they did deserve the three points, but we will talk about the controversial moment in a second. Craig, over to you. I agree very much with the co-host's view of it. I think we struggle with verticality. Um, we didn't deserve a point in this game. Okay, very good. Guys, my view is similar to yours. It was a poor first half, very poor first half. And uh, I want to go back to something that Joe said. I think Fulham were outcoached by Wee Johnson. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that Wee Johnson really had his tactics right. And we, again, were better in the second half, but I think that they were by far the better team in the first half. Deserved the lead, and um, I think deserved all three points. I know that's difficult to say because uh, I was very upset after the match. I already tweeted about the decision, very upset. But if I even think about it five minutes after that, I have to give full credit to Bristol City. They deserved all three points, and we have to look at it that way even though there was a moment there, and we're going to talk about it in just a second, that a decision did not go Fulham's way. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. I want to work on this. Craig, back over to you. Do you agree with Joe's assessment that Scott Parker got outcoached? Well, look, I think that uh, Lee Johnson got his tactics right. In other words, they played a what looked to me like a 4-4-2, but yep. uh, although I think it said 4-3-3 on the whoscored.com app. It did. But it looked like a 4-4-2, but they were very compact, and it basically mm-hmm. dared us to get behind them either along the wings or through the middle, and we just didn't mm-hmm. do that, and we didn't really have a response. And so in that respect, I do think that Bristol City tactics were vindicated. Okay. Emilio, over to you. Your thoughts on what Joe said and what Craig said about the tactics. Absolutely, I agree with what both guys have said. I just thought central midfield in particular, we were, we were, we were just toothless, really. You know, there was, there was a big hole there, big gaping hole there, and the Bristol City, you know, exploited that. You know, Josh Onema will have his critics, I'm sure, on social media tonight, yep. but actually, Tom Kearney, where's your captain? And I keep saying this, every time we have a bad performance, you need your captain to step up. He was anonymous most of the game. And even all that controversy at the end, all that debacle in the penalty area that players whether it was injured or feigning injury, yep. Kamara and Mitrovic trying to pull him off of it, the pitch. I'm, I'm not going to swear here now, but Tom Kearney, where was he? Your captain, go and sort the issue out. Pull the, your players away from it and let play carry on. No, Tom Kearney was waiting in the, penalty, in the centre circle doing absolutely nothing. Tom Kearney, for me, you're a disgrace at games like this. You need to step up. And that's when I think he did not deserve to even be captain. I've said this many times before. 
when the chips are down, you need your captain to step up, and he was he was nowhere to be seen today. And that centre midfield today, big gaping hole for me, and Bristol City exploited it. Okay. Craig, it sounds like you already feel that way. Talk about the issue that we had in central midfield. Was that really the major tactical problem that Fulham were having? Well, I, look, I do think that uh, Kearney was effectively taken out of the game by by uh, uh, the number four, Najee, and the other guy, Masengo. He really didn't didn't really dictate the pace and didn't have the time of the ball that he liked. And so as a result, he was fairly anonymous. I think Onomo... Anoma has shown again that he's really not quite ready for for this mm-hmm. level. Stefan, Stefan Johansson was pretty lively, yep. especially early on in the game, but he did tire in the, in the second half and was markedly less effective. You know, it's very frustrating. We were overrunning the midfield. At the same yep. time, we just mm-hmm. didn't have the space, and we weren't getting behind them. That's a great point. Joe, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree uh, with um, Craig. Uh, uh, we, we couldn't get behind them. Um, and um, yeah, I mean they they just you know they coped with our our midfield. Um, I agree that uh, I thought Johansson was was the heartbeat of, of the Fulham midfield today. When I, I would have expected Kearney to be doing that, I was okay. very disappointed with Tom Kearney, especially first half strolling around uh, when we needed more fight and more determination. I know he's not that type of player, but a little bit more effort. It, it, you know, we're not going to pass teams off the pitch every week and expect to win. Uh, we need it, we need more than that, and um, and he typ- typified that, especially first half. So um, kudos to um, uh, Stefan Johansson. I thought had a great, a good game, um, but it, it it wasn't enough. Okay, Amelia, over to you because uh, let's talk about the first half. We'll end with talking about the controversial moment. Let's talk about the actual match itself. And the 26th minute, the goal by Brownhill. Let's talk about this because, again, I think both goals are preventable. And your thoughts on the first goal that Fulham gave up? I think it was coming, to be told. I think time and time again, they had they had a lot of wits, Bristol City, and they kept getting very good crosses in the box, testing, you know, testing our defense. And it was only going to be a matter of time that one of those crosses was going to, you know, go straight to their to on their strikers, and they, you know, it was it was headed with pure determination. It was a it was a great cross, great great finish, but you know, defensively, you need to be clearing. I thought in the lead up to the goal, if I remember rightly, yep. I, mean, I think we didn't clear our lines as well as we could have done. So again, you've given them a second chance to get the ball into the box, and it was I think if I recall, there was two there was two strikers attacking that ball. They were attacking in numbers time and time again. The delivery especially in that first half from Bristol City wide men was, was exceptional. And we, we struggled at times to break them down. It was time and time again, whereas we had many opportunities out wide, especially from Joe Bryan. And unfortunately, time and time again, we failed to get good balls into the box. I think it was only one good cross from Bryan in that first half was Bristol City had four or five. And, you know, they deservedly scored. And they scored, with, you know, with a great header. Absolutely, Emilio. And I messaged you before this match that this was my biggest fear because I, I watched mm-hmm. Bristol City I watched them against West Brom, and I watched a bunch of highlights, and I saw all these crosses into the box that were dangerous, and I'm thinking, we're not good at this season. We haven't proven that we can deal with it, and it Mm. proved itself out once again. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. And, Craig, let's uh, transition. Let's talk about the second half before they scored their second goal because Fulham came out very strong in the second half. Did you feel that there was a possibility we were going to get the equalizer Early on, I mean, it's amazing how so many games we start the 
so languidly, so lethargically <laughs> in the first half. And then the second half, we come out with a lot more intensity. Right. We came close early on. I think it was Cavalera who put um, Knockhart through, and there's a one-on-one, yeah, one-on-one. But the goalkeeper snuffed it out. And that's exactly you know what we needed to be doing. And so we started brightly, but again, it started to fade. We started to play in a more disjointed manner. But we did, you know, it, it felt a lot better the first 10, 15 minutes um, of the second half. Right. I totally agree with that. And, uh, but like you said, Craig, and I'm glad that you brought this up, the opportunities were coming, but it happened so often. And actually, Fulham took advantage of Swansea City like this, where you don't take your chances, you don't score, you can get a sucker punch. And, Joe, I want to go to you because let's talk about the second goal from Bristol City. I don't know if you got a good view on this, but this was an embarrassing goal to give up if you see the tap in. So your yeah. thoughts about giving up the second goal? Yeah, I mean, I, d- I did see it. I mean, um, again, there was the, the famous pole in the way uh, for the build-up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I seem to remember the, the Bristol City lad uh, getting it on the um, on the right-hand side, uh, sort of sort of weaved through a couple of Fulham players, sort of squeezed through, and then just put a low pass across uh, to the Bristol City player. I don't know who it was who scored the second. And, yeah, literally he had a tap-in, even I could have scored that, <laughs> and not one Fulham player around him. Nope. Uh, that, that was, uh, that was a, a I recommend everyone watch the replay because there was no yeah. player or no, anywhere near. No one near, no. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, it was good play for him to actually smuggle it across to that unmarked player. But, you know, where was where where was the Fulham defence? At least one player. There wasn't one player around him within 10 yards. Right. Okay. And that makes it 2-0. And um, I do want to mention this again, like I, I mentioned earlier. We will end with talking about the controversial moment. But I do want to talk about two substitutions that made a difference. Abubakar Kamara, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, Niskin's Cabano was extremely lively. <laughs> Niskin's Cabano shocked me because he was very dangerous from the minute he came on. And Emilio, back to you because, again, it starts off with Cabano, which leads to the goal from Abubakar Kamara in the 86th minute. Both of these players made a difference. Yeah, I agree. I think Kamara's you know had a you know great shot. The keeper made a good save, and obviously that. But then even the control from Kamara from the loose ball, he controlled it well and Did shot the right player, down the bottom the corner. <laughs> Who? Abu Kamara. Kamara. <laughs> well, we've we've been saying it for a while. You know, give him more time, give him time because he's a, he's rejuvenating. I, I said in the last show that I praised Scott Parker for for giving him a lot of coaching, and he's matured as an individual, as a professional from what happened literally 11, 12 months ago here against Huddersfield Town, but. Overall, I thought Cabano looked lively, but it's a shame that goal came a little bit too late. But so I was saying to the guys around me, you know, get one goal, we're good enough to get a second goal. That's right. And to, and to be honest, it's you know, it would have been undeserved, like we've said before. But it's yes. curious to see the uh, the the incident. Obviously, I'm not seeing the replay. I don't think any of us have seen the replay. But okay. you know, I think we'll probably all agree that it looked a penalty from where we all sat. Mm. And if it wasn't a penalty, then you you surely you booked the play for diving. So the referee did neither. Exactly. So I'm interested to see what you saw maybe on the replays and whether it was, was it controversial that we didn't get a penalty or was it actually a penalty that we just, just didn't have the run of the ball? Because the referee today, I think we'll all agree, was absolutely abysmal. Oh, it was horrible. You know, throughout the game, we weren't getting any, any decisions. You know, they were feigning injury more often than not. Loose balls, they were always win. It just, it was, the referee had a very, very poor performance all day, but I don't want to use that as an excuse for losing a game. 
Okay. Very good. Before we talk about what happened to Cabano in the box, I will mention that he did hit the crossbar. He had a great opportunity. That's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So the opportunity was there. And now let's talk about the controversial moment. I will finish off by saying what I saw on the uh, stream. And I'll just, I don't know if you guys, either any of you got a good view. I'll start with you, Craig. Did you get a good view of this? And was this a penalty if you did? Yeah, I, I had a reasonably good view. Obviously, I haven't had the benefit of, of replay, but uh, I stand in the back of a Hammersmith end and, in H5, and so I could see it reasonably well. It looked to me like a pretty clear penalty that he was tripped as he was running into the box. Okay. Um, so, yes, I thought it was a penalty. Okay. Joe, did you get a, a decent view of this, or are you basically <laughs> flying blind on this, like where you sit? Um, I, I didn't. I probably didn't get as good a view as um, as Craig did, um, but I, I saw Cabano go down, and I and I thought that was a penalty. Uh, the way he went down, yep. yeah. Uh, I, 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 hard, I I don't often screen for penalties because most of the time they're not. But I saw him go down, and I thought that is a penalty. Okay. Uh, the way he went down, that didn't look like a dive. Mm-hmm. That that looked like he was chopped from behind. And from what I saw, I thought that was definitely a penalty. But I thought, with this referee today, I wasn't surprised that he didn't give it because he was a, he was awful. Okay, Emilio. Mm-hmm. Lastly, over to you, and then I'll share what I saw on the stream. Your thoughts? Yeah, because I said next to Joe, we both thought I thought we both thought it was a clear penalty. Even the guys around us, everyone screamed penalty. Now sometimes you can be a bit biased as a home fan. You're cheap. You're trying to get a, a late winner or a right. late equaliser, and it's natural to be a little bit biased. But to be on that looked to me it looked like a penalty. I thought I thought the, like Joe said, the the way he fell down, fell over. That's not a theatrical dive. That was actually a real trip. And unfortunately, you know, the referee you know, didn't didn't give it our way. Um, right. But so yeah, dis- disappointing. But again, maybe maybe we need to lose the game to actually reflect on some of the the weaknesses and gaps and the overall poor performance that we've discussed on this show tonight. But you know, I, you know, I'd hate being like a David Tyler. I did predict you before the game that we'd lose 2-1. So, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, I'd rather not lose 2 But it's just unfortunate. Just overall, we didn't deserve anything from the game. But you know, it will be a shame if we didn't get a penalty if the replay suggests it was. Okay. And now, the view I had, again, I'm looking at it pretty far away. So, But the way that he fell and the way that the defender reacted afterwards, it looked like it looked like he was launched a little bit, meaning like he was tripped. Now, was it a close-on view? No. And I actually had to wait until after the match was over to view it again because they did not show it again. They waited until after the match was over when Gentleman Jim and Jamie could actually look at it, and they were still saying that it was a penalty. And based on what I saw, even though it wasn't a close view, it certainly looks like a penalty. I've seen it called so many times. And back to you, Emilio. If it wasn't a penalty, why isn't it a card? Why isn't it a card for dying? Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't understand. The referee just lost control throughout the game. He just lo- just individual moments of you know minor injuries. Yep. In a, in a mid, there was an incident in the second half when the Mitrovic had a right. It was a low ball. He just is put slightly off the ground. The Bristol City defender went very low down to head down. Then we lost another two or three minutes trying, for the Bristol City defender trying to recover and get some treatment. So all these two minutes here, two minutes there, and time wasting. There was another moment, two moments in the second half when 
the referee went to the be the player taking the the throw in for Bristol City. Yeah, we lost actually 30, 40 seconds because they were going to go back a few yards or hurry up, take the, take the throw on quicker. But actually, Ron and favouring us, he actually <laughs> he, we made us lose another 30, 40 seconds. So again, it's just his decision-making throughout was very, very poor. And um, yeah, but again, that shouldn't be the reason why we lost. That's not the reason why we lost the no. game today. No, we lost the game because Bristol City were the better side. Let's just yep, call exactly. it okay. yeah. And that's how exactly. I wanted it ended, guys, because again, I can complain about referee non-decision i can complain about it but i can still look at this match and say bristol city deserved all three points Fulham didn't deserve anything but the opportunity was there to get something out of it it's happened against Fulham, so of course we're going to talk about it but one last thing before we go i just want to go around the room guys do you agree with me craig the Fulham deserve nothing from this match i say they didn't deserve to get anything from this match do you agree I agree, Russ. We played we played poorly. Uh, we looked disjointed, and we played well below our potential. Okay, mm. excellent. Joe, over to you. I think you've already said that, so just reiterate that you don't think that that they deserved anything from this match. No, they didn't deserve anything from the match. And uh, <laughs> if we had have got uh, an equaliser at the end, it would have papered over the cracks. Right. Um, so um, I'm afraid to say, no, we didn't deserve um, uh, uh, any points today. Um, okay. But, you know, like Craig said, we, we, we are underperforming with the talent we have. Totally agree. Shame. Absolutely. I totally agree. And, Emilio, I know how you feel about this, so I'm just going to mm. just pose this question to you. Fulham didn't deserve anything from the match, and I'm glad that you said this in the beginning while we've been talking about this. Mm. We cannot deny the problems that we saw in this match so what did you learn from this match in this loss because you can learn a lot from a loss yeah again i just feel that overall it just tactics i think we've mentioned in joan craig and mentioned it tactically i thought we we lost that battle i think we, we were out coached today um i think central midfield i, think, I just thought we, we we've it looked like at times we had one man short in that in that central midfield they had yeah, a lot of space I totally agree. Into, you know, so I thought we, we were at times playing like we were 10 men against 11. Um, again, usual problems. You know, Bristol City only had three shots on target and two goals. You know, if you look at the stats as a neutral, you'd suggest, well, actually, that was unfair. We had more shots on target, higher possession rates, but we still lost the game. And what worries me is we've got this is the first of four tri- difficult fixtures. Yep. And, you know, we had a chance just to pull away from that sort of force downward. But actually now we're starting to... It's now a top two are pushing away, and we're now That's in right. that next group of four to six teams. And you know, my worry is that teams around us were not necessarily winning. Forest at home, we lost. West Brom, we drew. Bristol City, we've lost. These are games we need to be winning, you know. And if you want to have a chance of pushing for automatic promotion, but at the moment we're not quite there yet. But with the talent we've got, I think we should, we should have more points on the board. But I still oh, can't yeah. figure out is why. What is it that's not working? I still can't fathom it out. Okay, and that's what's interesting about these run of matches, and you also talked about the teams that are in the top six and the results so far for Fulham. They haven't been the greatest. Obviously, I thought we played fairly well against West Brom. I thought we actually deserved to win, Mm, but again, it's a draw. You look at Nottingham Forest, again, we could talk about that. They, It was, again, too little, too late, and in this match, this match totally... Bristol City, Lee Johnson has Fulham's number. I'm just going to say it. The players play for him. He knows how to play against Fulham. I feared this, Matt. I feared this so much more than Leeds United. And I watched Leeds United this morning. 
Mm. I still think mm. Foam can beat Leeds United at Craven Cottage. Mm. This was the match that I feared the most, and I guess I was right to fear it because this is a good side. Anyways, great show, guys. Fantastic. But I'm going to wrap this up. We will have a, a full post-match show of this unfortunate loss for Foam, but it is time to go. For Craig Coben, Chode Tyvey, and Emilio Donnell, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.